Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Fitter, Healthier Dad podcast, where you can learn how to improve your diet, lose fat, and get fitter in a sustainable and fun way without spending hours in the gym. Here is your host, Darren Kirby. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. This is the number one podcast for dads in their 40s who want to improve their health and fitness. This is episode 80, and today we welcome back Brian and James from Red Light Rising. In this episode, we're going to be discussing our morning routines, the various habits and methods that you can use to really set yourself up for the day to perform at an optimal level and optimizing our underlying health. Hi, guys. Thanks very much for coming back on the podcast. How are you? Yeah, really good. Thanks, Darren. Uh, it's James here from Red Up Rising, and yeah, pleasure to be back. Great stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, I mean, we had a great, great conversation last time, and uh, the episode was very well received by our audience. So, um, we thought it'd be good for you guys to come back on and talk about uh, the very uh, important topic of morning routines. So, um, obviously, for the people that are listening to this for the first time, you know, if you want to go into the depths of of um, James and Brian and how they come to start Red Light Rising, then if you go back and listen to the the previous episode. But for today's episode, we're going to be talking about morning routines. Now, I know both James and Brian have some very interesting morning routines. I have a morning routine. I don't know how interesting it is. But uh, yeah, I thought um, it'd be good for us to, to talk around that topic. And particularly at the time of recording this, you know, we're in the UK at least, we're in lockdown 2.0. And I think it's really... Um, important that you maintain some form of a routine because you know we all like to maybe the idea of getting up just doing nothing and all the rest of it but actually a routine not just a morning routine is really really important for us to kind of keep our sanity keep our mental health and actually achieve stuff throughout the day so with that being said James do you want to just start off with what you feel uh, a, a good morning routine is and why you think a morning routine is important yeah sure um i think it'd be quite interesting to compare both brian and myself on this because i think we probably approach the day in very similar fashions despite maybe living v- very different lifestyles outside of that as well but i think the goal of the morning routine really is just is to set you up to win the day it's about creating energy creating a positive mental attitude and giving you the space and time to then, when you come to start your working day or whatever you do have to do that day, you're in the right frame of mind, you're focused, you're energized, and you're ready to go kind of thing. Um, and although on my morning routine list, there's, prob- there's probably a list of 12 things that I like to probably do each okay. morning, but I probably only get around to two or three of them. But I know as long right. as I'm doing those two or three things, I'm creating enough energy, creating, creating enough momentum that then I'm in the right frame of mind to, to really smash the day. And then on, you know, on, on days where I do more of the list, you know, my energy is on a whole new level altogether, really. I think, I think yeah. Brian, you'll probably have the same mindset on that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I 100% agree with what James said there. And the importance of a morning routine, a positive morning routine, you yeah. know, because for a long time I was stuck in a negative morning routine and I, I didn't realize it. Um, yeah. And, you know, that, that the negative morning routine that I had, which a lot of your listeners might actually be stuck in and they, and they don't realize it, is that one of the first things I did when I used to, you know, in my negative routine, when I woke up in the morning is put the news on. Yeah. I put the radio and then because I thought it was important to, to be up to date with all, everything that's happening in the world. And guess what? Everything they tell you on the news, it's always bad news. Yeah. Especially now during the pandemic, it's always bad news. Uh, you know, there's businesses closing down and the, the number of cases is going up and, you know, no one can leave their houses and the gyms are closed. And at the time when I noticed that I was stuck in a negative morning routine, that was when we were all worried about terrorism. So every right. day on the radio, you know, it was, oh, this was like a decade ago, every day on the radio, there was, you know, a new terrorist problem somewhere, a new terrorist caught somewhere. And I realized that I was, it made me angry. As soon as yeah. I woke up, I was angry because I was like, 
you know, I, I thought I knew what the problems were. So when I would hear the news every morning, I would think that's not the problem. This is the problem. Yeah. And then I realized by the time I left my house, you know, 45 minutes later to go to a full day of work, I was tense and I was angry. I was in a bad mood already. Mm. So, you know, the, the importance for those for people out there that are interested in listening is make sure you're not doing anything that's upsetting you, you know, yeah. either mentally or emotionally. And then also physically, you know, if you're waking up in the morning and, and having a monster energy drink or, you know, a big <laughs> bowl of cocoa pops, like, you know, that's, yeah. that's just, you know, in the, in the terms of the diet, at least that's just setting you up for a roller coaster of, of energy slumps. Yeah. So, you know, my, my first tip is always just, you know, be honest with yourself about what you're doing and whether it's, you know, like what James said, you have to do stuff that gets you physically in a good place, physically yeah. primed for a good day ahead of you, mentally and emotionally. You have to yeah. be thinking positive thoughts. You have to be, you know, you have to have these feelings of joy and love and, and, and energy within your body. And, and there's a number of things that, you know, we can definitely get into to get that done. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with that. I think it's, it's really interesting that you mentioned the news, uh, Brian, because I think we are, we as adults, we become indoctrinated into this, this framework almost as I see it now. And you follow kind of what uh, either what your parents used to do or whatever. And you think that, you know, it's this classic thing. I remember when I was a kid where my grandfather or my father used to go to the shop in the morning to buy the news, right? Because that was a thing you did as an adult, right? And now obviously we've got it all online and, and it's there, the, you know, a touch of a button. But it's like you say, really, it's having that awareness that, you know, that it, and psychologically this has been proven and this is why it happens that only bad news sells. Good news doesn't sell new, you know, doesn't, the media doesn't like, it's not, it doesn't like good news, but from a psychological standpoint, as a human, we are tuned in to stuff that's maybe negative or going on that's bad. So mm. it's having that conscious awareness to start your day in a positive frame of mind, because like you say, you know, you can, you, that will then un, unknowingly translate throughout your day. Um, you know, you get stressed driving to work, you get stressed on your commute, you know, you've already built up that tension before you've even left the house mm. for the day. So, so yeah, I, I think, you know, what you guys have just said is, is really, really important. So that is kind of the general consensus of how people wake up, right? How people start their day. So if we're going to flip that on its head, then what are some of the things that you do in order to ensure that you start the day in that positive frame of mind? I mean, my first task is to make the bed and that generally, you know, sets you on a winning trend. Just do something just to tick off the first you know, list, first item on the list and the rest kind of takes care of itself. Yeah. Um, in terms of, you know, ensuring my body's ready for the day as well. Um, obviously you've spent the whole night without any fluid. So I make sure I have a glass of clean water with appropriate mineralization. So I put um, half a teaspoon of Redmond real salt, which is one of the highest mineral content salts right. on the market. Um, I have a, a big glass of that basically um, before I think about doing anything else. And then my body's hydrated. Um, I can start, you know, thinking about other things. Um, part of my recent routine is actually meditation. So I did a meditation course recently right. um, and I try and do 15 minutes meditation in front of my route therapy device. Um, route therapy obviously, obviously acts as a really good circadian rhythm marker as well as energizing your body. So it works really well that I'm sat in front of this energizing warming light to start the day while I'm clearing my mind, doing my mantra based meditation for 15 minutes. Um, and then following that, the first thing I do is get outside, get some daylight then as well, yeah. um, get some fresh air. Um, I've actually, Brian very kindly sent me one of his high quality sandbags um, from his company, Heavy. And right. so I've been, um, I've basically just try and do like a little circuit. So I, I don't tend to do too much exercise first thing in the morning because I don't want to stress my body out too much. But yeah. again, I've got this 30 kilogram sandbag and I'm doing some, you know, thrusters, maybe a few cleans with it and doing some lunges with it over my head. Yeah. Um, I'm basically just warming my body up, mobilizing all my joints, getting that circulation going, getting that oxygenation to all my cells, to my brain. Um, and I find that really is effective. Um, and then following a, a, a workout, I like to have a cold shower and that kind of really 
caps my morning off really in, in an energizing state. Um, yeah. It really invigorates all your cells, helps your immunity as well. Um, and also for me personally, I find it quite a mental challenge to get in that cold shower. And so yeah. again, I've eaten that first frog of the day kind of thing. And then, and mm. then after that, if I, if I can get in that cold shower and get my whole body like you know, ice cold, um, nothing else feels that challenging to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely yeah and no, i can agree with that and yeah the cold the cold showers will we'll, we'll come on uh, uh, to again in a minute but but brian so what so what's your kind of kickstart then mm. um i mean everything that james said there if you can if you can do you know just 60 percent of what james has just said there you're on off to a flying start yeah so my routine um it's a little bit different to that and it's it changes quite a lot depending on what's going on you know because um, I'm not sure if I mentioned to you guys on the previous podcast, but I do travel a lot. You know, I'm not, yeah. I, I don't live in one location permanently. I, I kind of, I tend to live out of a suitcase. So right now I'm actually at my parents' house in South Africa, helping out with some family duties. So, you know, I, I need to have flexibility, you know, and yeah. I need to be able to change my morning routine whenever I need to. Um, and that flexibility is really key because I would love to do the exact same thing all the time mm. because I'm a real, I'm a real creature of, of habit and routine right. because, you know, biologically our bodies are become attuned to our routine. So mm. in James's example there about the red light therapy and then his, you know, his outdoor movement practice and then his cold shower, you're, if you do that for enough days in a row, your body will then get accustomed to that and your body will actually realize that you know, at some point there's going to be this, this cold blast and the cells will prepare. Mm. So, you know, routine is very, very important, but even though, you know, I do need to change mine. So my current routine there starts the same as James. You know, I start with a hydration. I start with a big glass of um, uh, um, water with salt in it to, you know, get the water into the body and then get those minerals into the cells. And, yeah. and those, those minerals just help with the cellular energy, you know, so you get the hydration going um, and then I put the kettle on and, you know, I don't drink coffee. I've, I'm actually in the middle of a, uh, well, I'm one week into a caffeine detox. Okay. Um, what I'm drinking now actually is just hot water, just yep. pure hot water. You know, I actually quite like it. It's, I don't know, hot water tastes a little bit better than cold water, I think. Mm-hmm. I put the kettle on, uh, then I grab my foam roller. I grab my lacrosse ball. Um, I grab my iPod with my audio books on yep. and, um, and then I go and I, I drink my hot water next to a, a certain wall and I just start to move my body, you know. Mm-hmm. So I do some mobility stuff. I put my earphones in and I'm either listening to um, an audio book or a podcast. Something yeah. interesting, something that I'm going to learn, something positive, something that's going to, you know, stimulate my mind and cheer me up a little bit if, if needs be. And um, I get my, my podcast in my ear. So the first thing in the morning when I wake up is I'm, I'm hearing you know, for, for me, what is positive information? Yeah. I'm learning stuff. I'm processing stuff. I'm kind of, then I'm start working through my body. You know, I do a little yeah. neck mobility. I go through the shoulders and I go through the hips and I do a whole bunch of things. I put the foam roller on the wall. I start to roll out, get the tension out of the shoulders. And something I've actually started recently, which I think James would be super keen on this as well, is uh, the spinal waves. Have you seen okay. the spinal waves, James? I haven't actually, no. It's really, really cool. There's, um, you know, there's a lot of like um, IG, you know, influencers that are promoting the spinal wave. And basically, you just stand about, you know, about half a foot away from a wall or a flat surface. And you, you lean forward. So you stand straight, but you lean forward and you touch your nose on the wall. Right. Then you touch your chin. Then you touch your chest. Then you touch the top of your rib cage. And then your hips, then your thighs and your knees. So what you end up doing, I know, you know, your listeners can't see this, but you end up... Right like rolling your spine up against uh, the wall okay. and creating this kind of like, it looks really weird. If yeah. you look at it on Instagram right now, it looks really weird, but you start, you start lubricating that spine. You know, you're, yeah. you're doing like that, the worm on the wall, basically yeah. lubricating yeah. the spine. And I'll do that for about five minutes, which, you know, five minutes of that, it's a lot, you know, but by the yeah. end of that, your, your spine is loose. The, the cerebral fluid is flowing up and down your yeah. spine. You know, and there's a lot of talk about that being, you know, I mean, it, it is a fact that that's, that's, that's the information superhighway in your body, yep. you know. So you loosen that up, you loosen yeah. up your core, you know, and then I work, work through my hips and all that. And then uh, for me, by the time that's done, that's, that's around sunrise where I am. So then I'll hit my red light therapy. 
um, all, you know, still listening to my books, hit my red light therapy, then go outside and get the sun all over my skin. I know yeah. the Northern hemisphere, it's freezing right now, but I'm yeah. in the Southern hemisphere, so it's summer. So I get, I get that morning sun all over my skin. Um, and then I, then I start work, you know, I, I like to start work really, really early in the morning. You know, I'm, I'm on the computer before the UK is even woken up and I'm, I'm yeah. banging out some emails, but I feel great. And then nine o'clock, boom, is my breakfast time. And then I have a high fat, high protein breakfast. And then, you know, the rest of the day is history. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great uh, routine actually. So I, so I just want to step back a little bit because both of you have mentioned now um, having hydrating and, but then having salt. So, you know, I do a similar thing. I make sure, so I've got a reverse osmosis machine to make sure that I've got the most cleanest water that I can start the day with. But as with most health advice that's given out by governments, you know, we are fed this thing that salt's really bad for us and all the rest of it. But so that's what I want to dig into. Both you guys said that you add Redmond salt to your water. Now, can you just kind of go into why Redmond salt is different to normal salt that we you know, find on, on tables in restaurants? So the salt you find on tables in restaurants that we're all familiar with is this white round you know, type of salt. It looks as if it's been manufactured because it is perfectly round. Yeah. And basically salt manufacturers will sell that as a sodium salt, but it's gone through a huge amount of processing to get to that right. end result. Yeah. And so when they extract salt, it may have been high quality salt to start with, predominantly probably from sea salt or some sort of salt salt. And what they'll do, they'll, they'll go through a process where they strip out all the goodness, all the minerals. And these are generally packaged up and sold off to supplements companies to sell as supplements. Right. Um, and often it's gone through a number of processes to remove all the goodness, um, they generally also then add in other agents to stop cake, you know, anti-caking agents, even in some cases, some form of flavoring, sometimes salt is, you know, so sugar is added as well. But this table salt that you're finding, um, this highly processed table salt, isn't a, a rounded mineral complex. It's a very sodium process driven salt that can be bad for your health if, if, if consumed in excess. Whereas on the other side of the coin is, for example, the, we, we talk about Redmond Real Salt, but there's other high quality salts out there that are not processed. So Redmond Real Salt is dug up in and from an ancient lake or an ancient seabed in Utah in America. And they send um, basically lorries down into the grounds to extract the salt, bring it up, and they literally just um, com- sort of, you know, run it through a mill to get into the right, uh, right texture, and then it's packaged and shipped. Right. And that is how it's processed. So it's literally completely you know, unprocessed. It's in its natural form. And the mineral content is so high, they actually consider it to be a whole food that it contributes so much to your well-being. And so yeah. it's a completely different kettle of fish to, to what traditionally people find um, on the table in restaurants and, you know, cafes and things. Yeah. Brock, yeah. I know you're, um, you, you might want to touch on that a bit more. Yeah, I mean, something that James said there, which is, is, is so important, you know, the government is right. Don't eat a lot of salt. But mm. what they don't tell you is they, they're saying don't eat ta- a lot of table salt. Mm. Don't eat a lot of processed salt. Because, of course, 50 years ago, when that recommend, recommendation came out, that's the only salt you could get. You right. could get that, you know, that snow white, like James said, yeah. perfectly, perfectly fine, perfectly uniform salt. That's the salt you shouldn't have too much of. Because it's, it's a processed food, just like any other processed food that you buy. Every, you know, most people, a lot of people know now, don't eat too much processed food or, or any if possible. But that, yeah. And that goes for salt. Don't eat processed salt. But they also tell you eat whole foods. Eat yeah. foods in their natural state. And Redmond Real Salt, and um, Redmond Real Salt is, in my opinion, probably the best salt on the planet that I know of. Yeah. Because like James says, it's, it's, it's an ancient seabed that's underground. There is zero pollutants in it. It was formed millions of years ago before there were humans, before there was any pollution going around. And it stayed like that for millions and year, of, of years. Yeah. So now we're bringing it up and it's the minerals of the earth. Um, yeah. We actually did a great podcast with one of the, one of the owners of, of Redmond. And he was telling us that the way they discovered it, you know, in the, I think it was in the 50s or 60s, is that some of this, it's, it's, a, it's like a giant salt crystal, basically, is how you think of it. It's, it's miles and miles wide and miles and miles of deep, but it was sticking out of the ground somewhere. Mm. And animals found it. Animals right. stumbled across it and started licking it. And then okay. the humans were like, why are they licking this rock? 
And then the humans realized it was salt and they started, you know, feeding it to animals. And then, you know, long story short, it became a, a culinary hit. Yeah. But the, key, yeah. the key is that Redmond, Redmond Real Salt is a whole food. Mm. And it's, it's vitally important for you. The minerals in, the, in salt is vitally important for health. Absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and, you know, there is, particularly when I'm doing an event, <clears throat> actually just taking on water by itself is not enough. You have to take on salt mm. in order for the body to be able to, to deal with the water to stay hydrated. So I think mm -hmm. salt is very, very important but coming back to, to the morning side of things one thing that i want to add it'd be it'd be good to get your guys view on this is that i actually do um grounding and um breath work uh, and i found that this really puts me in a really nice calm hugely motivated state to start my day off with so i you know even when it's raining i'll go outside for five minutes in the morning stand on the grass, make sure that I'm connected with the earth. Um, and then I do my breath work because obviously there's studies have shown that obviously there's a, there's an energy, there's a current that flows through us, flows through the earth and it's your way of connecting and actually dispersing all of this EMF that we get around us from mobile phone masks, from Wi-Fi, and all the rest of it. So what's your, what's your view on, on grounding and breath work? Yeah, I think they're both very powerful modalities. And again, you know, the morning routine where, where I'm outside doing my sandbag work, I'm barefoot on the grass or on my patio do, doing my workout. So again, I'm, I'm getting the same benefit as you are of grounding. Um, I know that it, you know, I guess it is slightly controversial in terms of grounding and the benefits, but mm. I think there's more and more research coming out showing the positive effects of it and how it removes this this charge out of your body yeah. um, and allows your your blood um, your blood actually formulates into a, a more structured pattern. Um, and again, your red blood cells become more more structured as well, and everything seems to become more aligned with your natural way of being. Um, so it's not something I'm, I'm particularly an expert on, but it's something right. I've, I've I know people who you know swear by it and it's enough for me to say yes i, I want to be barefoot as much as i can get yeah yeah absolutely. i mean for me it's like you know I'm, I'm also not an expert like james but i know that experts say it's something we should definitely do it's mm. easy and it's free and yeah. there's science behind it like you say do you know what i yeah. mean like so you know like the key is like we've all mentioned is that you have to be barefoot you have to have yeah. skin you have to have skin on the earth on the grass so you know in the mornings same as you guys when i go out and i get my morning sun i'm i'm, I'm resetting my circadian rhythm i'm getting a good blast of that bright light and getting the warmth on my skin bare feet on the earth and then i do that multi i mean you know it's, it's such great weather where i am so i'm barefoot yeah. all the time so i go outside multiple times during the day you know i do a good like I try to do two and a half hours at a time, sometimes a yeah. little bit less on the computer. And then I, oof, I close it down. I put the phone down and I go outside and I lie on the grass and I just let that hot, hot sun just like literally bake me like a little fish. But yeah. I lie on the grass and it just, you know, and then you do that, those big breaths where you just, yeah. And you just it feel everything let go. And, and I feel amazing afterwards, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, even if, even if I'm not that up to date with the science, I know I feel amazing. So I just keep doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, it's important that, you know, whatever I talk about, I can kind of evidence it via science, because I think by doing it that way, people are more inclined to actually accept what you're saying to be, you know, not necessarily true, but have some substance behind it. And so, you know, all of the, for the people listening, all of the stuff that we're talking about, you know, has some science behind it. And because I think with a lot of these things, guys, when, when we're talking about breath work, we're talking about stretching, you know, we're talking about hydrate. It's all really basic stuff, right? It's, there's no, it's not rocket science, but unfortunately the way that we've kind of evolved in the Western world is that, you know, unless it has some kind of magic pill, unless it's some kind of device, you know, we, we tend to just kind of disregard it. Right. And we don't kind of take it on and realize that stacking all these things on top of each other, just how powerful it can be. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's absolutely correct. And again, a lot of things we're talking about are free as well and readily available wherever you are, whoever you are. And so you, know, you mentioned breath work and, 
before my meditation, I'll do two or three minutes of breath work, box breathing to really calm my body, get into that parasympathetic state and just get connected to myself and what my body's telling me. And again, breath work, again, is so powerful to induce different states, whether it's focus, energy, or just clear mind. You know, it's, um, it's one of those modalities that people just really do underrate and it is so easy to implement. Yeah. So, you know, what's, you know, what's really scary is like you were talking about the science, you know, people, you know, some people might listen to this and be like grounding cold showers. It sounds <laughs> yeah. like hippy dippy stuff. But if you, if you take the scientific papers from the medicine that we swallow, that the doctors give us on a daily basis, and you look at the real science behind that and they show you how many people die, how many people get sick, all the side effects, you could lose your mind, you could get stressed. This can cause, yeah. you know, could cause a, a pancreatic collapse. Like if you looked at the science behind medicine, you'd never take medicine again. But yeah. because it comes in a little box from a man in a white coat, you think, well, he must have done the work, so I'll just take this. And it's actually the other way around. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm going to try not to go off on my soapbox about this, but I, <laughs> I completely agree, Brian. I just, I've been called out on this just recently with the whole COVID thing. And I am so against it, like mm. passionately against this mm. stuff because yeah i mean particularly again in the western world you only have to look at what's happened with antibiotics you know we've mm. now become we've used it so much we've now essentially the body's adapted and we've become immune to it and you know that has a whole host of other ramifications you know these superbugs that are now able to get hold of mm-hmm. us and all the rest of it so yeah let's <laughs> that that could be an, a topic for another podcast because i'm hugely passionate about this and mm-hmm. um I think it's, we need to wake up um, and we need to stop thinking that there's this magic thing that's going to fix us because it's not. Mm. So, but uh, yeah, so to coming back to kind of the the structure of a morning routine, we've talked about the various different elements that we can put into it. But when, whenever we change something, uh, so people listen to this that maybe don't have a morning routine that have maybe l- listened to what we're saying and think, actually, yeah, maybe I need to do something about my stress or maybe that I need to, you know, consider doing some some uh, movement work to increase my mobility. Whenever we change something, it's always uncomfortable and we always perceive it to be tough, right? Mm. So, you know, what I think all of us are saying is we, we're not, we're not, we're not superhumans, right? We've all had to go through a process in order to to kind of hone in on our morning routines but i think what we're saying is once you go through a process you know it's profoundly uh, impactful in a positive way on your day but initially when you start what kind of challenges do you guys have in in changing from where you were yeah that's a really good question and and you know even day to day now there's there's always a curveball something happens that changes things um probably very relevant for this podcast i, I you know i mentioned on the last um, episode we did that I've, i became a father and i've got a 10 month old daughter yeah. and the uh, the morning time is generally my shift as well so whatever time my, my daughter wakes up that's that's when my day starts and so yeah. it could be half five it could be half seven um, and generally i am um, you know sleep is a hugely important factor so i try and give myself as much sleep so when she wakes up that's when I'll get up, you know, I'll give it as yeah. long as I can. So my morning routine has had to evolve with her. Um, and so we now go downstairs together. I have my, have my um, sort of hydration and I make sure she gets hydrated as well. Yeah. Um, and then we actually do some sort of, you know, development games for her but i built it in that we're doing practicing her crawling and walking but i'm kind of planking at the same time and i'm actually doing my workout routine while she's getting development and engaging with me and having that nice sort of experience and she actually finds it hilarious when i start doing burpees so it works really well (laughs) (laughs) and so um, and so you know again life always throws curveballs at you but you've got to adapt to that i think Mm. um in the early days i also like having a checklist of everything i wanted to maybe do um again i'd never work through the whole list but again i'll check off a couple of them but i know how they all fit together and that really is a good mental cue it's on my on my fridge and i'll be like right this 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 boom pick three pick four keep going until i need to start the day kind of thing um but again being adaptable is, is is important um and again you know every day now at the moment is different, but I do find that, you know, as, as long as you have that structure in your mind and that routine built in, and you know, there's a few foundations that you, you prioritize, you can fit anything in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, you know, like we, I think we mentioned, we, well, we always mention this when we talk about these kind of things. Um, and that's, 
you know, if, if, if someone's listening to James and listening to his whole list of things that he does, it, it can be very overwhelming because you might not understand grounding. You don't know how to do breath work. You haven't got any good salt. Uh, you know, so it's then suddenly you're like, oh my God, these are three things I have no idea about and I've got to do yeah. them tomorrow morning. So, you know, what we, what we always recommend is just start slow. You know, start very, very small, start with one thing. You know, and that one, that one thing could be waking up half an hour earlier to give yourself this, this break, you know, this, yeah. this opportunity to do these things. So just practice waking up half an hour earlier. You set your alarm half an hour earlier, or you, maybe you go to sleep half an hour earlier. And eventually that becomes easy. Mm. You know, I'm at the stage now where like, uh, just before I got to South Africa, I was waking up at 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. And, you know, and, and the jet lag and all that kind of messed it up a little bit. But now I always wake up before my alarm clock, always. Mm. Yeah. So now that's, now that's something I don't have to think about. You know, I know when I wake up, you know, it's still a little bit dark, but I'm relatively sure that it's time to get up. Yeah. You know, so once, once you can handle that, then you, then you pick the, the next small thing, if that's getting some good salt and starting it like that, or if that's deciding, okay, I'm not going to switch on the TV or the radio and hear the bad news. I'm going to instead put on my favorite song, put on my favorite, you know, uh, motivational video from YouTube. I did that for a long time, actually, was, yeah. was, was put on motivational videos from YouTube first thing in the morning. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's, you know, start small, pick some things, you know, conquer that thing, then add another one, then conquer that. And then yeah. suddenly you've got this routine that's easy because it's second nature. You've been doing it already for three months. So it's, it's super easy. Yeah, definitely. I, I would agree with that. And I think the other thing is, is understand and recognize it is a process. You know, we are in this world where, you know, you click and you get, a, you get a result. This is a process to follow. So don't expect that you are going to start a morning routine next week for, for argument's sake, mm. and you're going to nail it straight away because you won't, you know, it will just be a little bit tough and life will get in the way and it'll get mm. a bit challenging. But if you understand the reason why you're doing it i.e for long-term health you know longevity and stuff like that that will always be in the back of your mind so when things are getting a little bit challenging um you know you 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 can reflect back on that and you, and you it will just kind of help you um move on i mean for me right now where i'm at in kind of my age in my life i've realized over the last year actually that mobility my my kind of joint health is so important as we age. And for me, that's what spurs me on to, to a big part of my morning routine is, mm. is stretching and mobility work because I want to make sure that my joint health is as healthy as it can be as I age. So I think that's really important to understand mm. it's a process. Mm. Absolutely. So you've got to find out what your goal is, as you correctly said, you know, what is your passion? What is your goal from following this process? Yeah. And that will hopefully give you the motivation and inspiration to do it. I know you're, you're a triathlete. And so again, spending a long time on the bike, long time running and things. And so yeah, that joint mobility is so important. Mm -hmm. um, I find the most powerful thing I do is just getting outside as well. So yeah. you know, with my daughter, I'll wrap her up in my arms and I'll go outside. I'll be barefoot and we'll, you know, spend the first 10 minutes looking outside the sky, looking at nature and it's amazing how meditative how calming how relaxing that is and it's what a great way to start the day and how yeah. easy is that as well just you know get up five minutes earlier go outside just yeah. go for a little walk it's fine and it's yeah. amazing how that one thing will just set you up for, for a better day a better yeah. better state of mind yeah absolutely. i think um you know what's what's super interesting about that what james was just saying about you know and i guess it, it overflows into all the positive things we're talking about is that it's, it's not woo-woo. This isn't like hippy-dippy stuff. There's, there's, if, you, if you do positive things in the morning and you go out and you're in nature and you feel peaceful and you, you're able to hold your daughter, there's a, there's a flood of positive hormones yeah. that mm -hmm. get released in your body. And that's real science. That's yeah. real science. And when, that, when those positive hormones flow through your body, you feel great. Yeah. Then you go inside and you see your partner, you feel great, you express love to your partner, you're passing on those good vibes. Then you get in the car, you feel great. Maybe you're listening to something positive on the way to work or you're on public transport, but you're already in this good mood. Yeah. So because you're in this good mood, you're, you're, you're way more likely to deal with whatever challenges come to you that day in a positive way and then you know continue to feel better throughout the day whereas if you start with the with the bad news like i used to do i would get onto the streets of london and i'd already be in a bad mood yeah and then if the bus was full 
I'm even worse mood because I, I was got on in a bad mood. Now it's, you know, it's a worse mood. And then I get to work and then I'm, oh my God, I'm, I'm in a bad mood at work. And then suddenly yeah. my work's the problem, you know? Yeah. So it's, 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 that's real science that I'd really like people to understand. Yeah, 100%. I completely agree. And I think the other thing that um, I'd like to touch on next is around productivity because I used to be, you know, after coming from the city, it was very much like you, you said, Brian, it was get up, get out of bed, see what car crash happened overnight on your email, on your BlackBerry back in the day when we had Blackberries. Um, and then, you know, straight away, the stress levels rise and, and, yeah. and you're doing stuff, right? And the perception is that you feel productive, but you're not. And you know what? This took me about five years to get out of this habit when I left the city. Um, and I realized that it, I wasn't productive at all. I was doing mm. stuff, but I wasn't mm. productive. Mm. And it's only when you start to kind of work for yourself, when you are responsible for exactly what you're doing in the outcome, do you actually realize that is the case? But my point, the reason I raised productivity is that I was very much into, even when I started working from home for myself, getting up straight down into the study, straight onto my PC because I was an early riser. I was part of the 5am club. I was smashing it. No, you're not. <laughs> Until you start your day right, you know, mm. your productivity won't be at a level where you actually achieve stuff. So I think, you know, it'd be good to get your thoughts on what your thoughts are around setting yourself up for the day and how that reflects in productivity. Yes, all really valid points there. And um, similar to you, I come from you know, a city profession. I used to work in investment banking in the city, long hours, um, wasn't very healthy existence. And as you say, I never used to take breaks, but I was constantly on the go. Yeah. I find now by structuring my time um, more effectively, by uh, you know, using a Pomodoro approach where I'm working for 25 minutes, intensive work and enforced time away from the screen, you come back much more invigorated, much more focused, um, and you know more productive at the end of the end of the day. Um, I also find it a lot better to have a prioritization list, and you know it's always the case: the thing you don't want to do is the thing you should do. And so, again, yeah. by writing down key deliverables, I have to do that day. There'll be one thing I have to deliver that you know I'll know that's a critical thing that will get done first, basically, and then the rest of the you know, the rest of the agenda I'll, I'll get to at some point, maybe that day. But again, I'll always identify one critical deliverable that has to be done. That's you know that that is time pressured for for that day. And using that approach of twenty five minute blocks of time, working diligently, you don't fatigue your mind too much. You're not getting overly stressed, and you're giving yourself time away from the screen as well. Because you know eye health is very important as well. And when you're looking at this short yeah. narrow range of distance, it's so important. You're looking away sometimes and give your, your eyes the opportunity to relax because they're an extension of your, your brain at the end of the day and when your eyes are constantly contracted looking at things right in front of your face it's going to reflect on your mind as well those muscles are going to be tight your brain's going to be stressed your rest of your body becomes tight so by giving yourself a chance to look away extend your vision look into the distance get outside look at the color green again woo woo science maybe but <laughs> by looking at green it induces a relaxation um maybe it's the connection with nature nature but again all these things implemented throughout the day can really enforce that productivity and ensure you're getting things done yeah you know i think i think um one of the traps that we're all fallen into in the last 20 years is thinking that when we have our phones next to us and we can we can do the email with the left hand and and you know text message the boss with the right yeah. hand we think wow man i'm doing well here i'm getting two jobs done in the same amount of time but you know the science and the research shows us you're just doing two jobs terribly yeah you know that's that's all it is and that's that's a real challenge you know because i've got two businesses that i'm i'm trying to run and um i thought i could i thought i could do the two of them you know not necessarily simultaneously but you know, it's just not true. And I'm finding in my own experience, it's not true. And, you know, I guess I echo what James said is, you know, my phone, that's something actually we didn't mention. And I think that is very, very important in a morning routine. Your phone needs to stay off for at least the first two hours of your morning, at least, I mean, okay, at least an hour. Let's be more realistic. Yeah. But I go for, I go for, when I, if I, you know, I wake up at, I get out of bed at five, I do my, what we discussed up until six, six o'clock, I sit down on the computer, six to eight, 
um, there's zero phone involved. So I don't know. I don't know if there's something crazy happening. I don't know if something's missing because like James said, the night before I looked at my to-do list and I said, okay, tomorrow morning I'm doing A, B, and C. And then I'll sit down in the morning and as tempting as it is to check your Instagram and check your email and check your WhatsApp, I don't switch on my phone. There's no WhatsApp on my computer and I do A, B, and C. And then at eight o'clock when I have my first break, which is when I usually need to top up my hot water, then my phone can go on. I go outside, drink some hot water and I can muck about on the phone, you know, because it, it, it does, it, there is a hormonal trigger with that as well. You know, we're addicted yeah. to that and it's a nice way to break up your, your, your session. So muck around on the phones, answer some messages from some friends, give a couple of likes on Instagram. And then once, once that part of my brain is satisfied, the phone is on silent and it's face down on the table and I'm back to handle, you know, D, E and F for the next chunk of time. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think that's important. You know, having the phone off for the first part of the day is important. Obviously, you know, we might use it for our meditation music and all the rest of it, but I think it's really important. And I think the other part to kind of coincide with a morning routine is understanding your circadian rhythm. So what that means for people that don't necessarily understand that is the natural way that your body um, wakes up, goes throughout the day and then wants to go to sleep. And so, you know, it, it comes back to this thing where people say they're a morning person or they're a night owl and things like that. It's understanding naturally how your body functions. And um, from what you said there, Brian, you sound like very much like me in terms of I'm very much um, a morning person. So if I've got really deep, creative work to do that happens between 6am and 8am and that's non-negotiable because that is when I will get the maximum out of me from a, a functional mind perspective to get that work done so I think that's that's quite key to understand that as well mm. Mm. Um, you know that's you bring up a great point there and that's something that I, I actually haven't got to the bottom of yet um, and I'd, I'd be keen to hear what you guys think about it, because on the one hand, we have people, experts telling us that, you know, an overwhelming majority of people deep into the 90s is, you know, early to bed, early to rise. You know, mm. we, we wake up with the sun, we go to sleep with the sun. And that's an, apparently an overwhelming majority. It's, it's true in my experience. And then we get the people that say, no, no, I'm a night owl. Okay. Mm. Now, some of the experts will tell you, no, 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 you think you're a night owl because you stay up under harsh artificial light. You're yeah. mucking about on your phone until midnight. So you think, oh, I'm a night owl. I rarely get a boost after yeah. midnight. You don't because you've poisoned your brain. Now, there's another, there's, there's a Dr. Bruce, I believe his name is, who says, no, we actually do have chronotypes. And that there are some people that do, you know, much better working at 3 a.m. in the morning and sleeping until midday. Now, I haven't read his work, but, you know, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I, 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 I tend to err on the side that we, you know, we do have a, a specific type to us. Um, I believe, though, that that potentially is how we've evolved, i.e. when we were children, how we've grown up as children, you know, what maybe what our routines were as we were children um growing up and that that kind of um molds us so to speak but i'm definitely in the camp where you i believe that that you can change that and you can evolve um from that but um i think it is very interesting science and again i will always err towards what the science says as opposed to kind of just taking it on face value mm. yeah i think i kind of agree that i think people can have types and you are sort of you know most have an inclination towards staying up a bit mm. later but the whole people who stay up till two three in the morning and say they're night that's because they're a night owl yeah the science doesn't say that so from, from the, what i've what i've read about it which probably isn't in that much depth but the night owl actually will go to bed at 11 p.m as opposed to 10 p.m it's mm -hmm. not like such a big shift but the technological yeah. advancements we've made and the light and the white light and you know for those that can see my screen at the moment i'm in a red environment because the sun set in the uk this is when i minimize my blue light, blue light exposure now for my own well-being and i start preparing for bed in that environment um so i think anyone who says says they're a night owl and they stay up till 1 a.m it, it's a false claim it's, it's because yeah. of an artificial environment has influenced your biology which unfortunately is probably compromising your sleep quality and your health mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so so I mean that that brings us quite nicely on. Obviously, you know, the subject of today's podcast is around morning routine, but equally, I believe that an evening routine is as equally important to set ourselves up for sleep. Now, obviously, you know, we've got you guys from Red Light Rising on, and you've got your blue light blocking glasses on. So let let's start there, and, and obviously, that will help people that haven't listened to the other episode with you guys. So what, what is your kind of routine for the evening? Do you know what? I know Brian's got a really powerful routine, so I think, uh, I think she, he should lead on this one. Go for it. Well, um, <clears throat> it's, it's, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll open with the caveat that, you know, you need to start slow and start small because especially if you've got a family, you're living in a city, you've got a, a million things to do. It's not, you know, it's not, it's not, it's very difficult for a family environment to replicate the environment that I do because I'm a single man and, you know, and I'm completely in control of, of how I spend yeah. my time. So that being said, um, you touched on this as well, Darren, that, you know, the goal in my opinion of health optimization, one of the goals is that we need to realign our circadian rhythm to the natural cycles of nature because yeah. most of us are, you know, would function better if we rose with the sun or near enough. I know it's tough in the winter and, um, you know, went to bed with the sun or near enough. Yeah. So what I tend to do in my environment is I will, you know, go about my day. And then as the late afternoon comes throughout, so, uh, sorry, let me, let me just backtrack a little bit there. Um, your, your, your sleep habit starts as soon as you wake up right? Your, yeah. your sleep preparation starts as soon as you wake up. So what we've discussed with the grounding and getting the natural light and waking up your body and you, you're making sure your body knows it's daytime. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's the first step to getting good sleep. Your body has to know it's daytime in the beginning of the day. Cause then, you know, then there's that, that big 12 hour period where your body goes through all these processes. You're not conscious of them. You're not aware of them, but your body is doing its own checklist going, okay, liver done, pancreas, heart, lungs, stomach, digestion, muscles. It's going through all of that and it takes roughly 12 hours. And then we need to then signal to our bodies as well uh, at the end of the day that now it's the end of the day, now it's yeah. time to sleep. So what I do is, uh, you know, I will get sun throughout the day because the sun changes color through the day. So I get the sun on my skin and in my eyes just for a few minutes, you know, multiple times throughout the day. Um, and that's, that's helping my body time what the time is because our bodies have evolved to absorb certain colors of light at certain times of the day so our body you know it works on a bit of a clock like that mm -hmm. and then around sunset i'll do my red light therapy because sunset usually there'll be some lovely oranges and reds in the sky so that's a great time to do the red light therapy because that's the red light is that same signal so your skin and your brain is like wow there's that red light i've had my 12 hours of daylight Now's the red light. It must be sunset. That's yeah. the message I want to send to my body. And then after the red light, the sun is going down. And that's when I start to eliminate as much artificial light as possible. Because, you know, in terms of red light therapy in the evening, uh, it's very, very beneficial for you for many other reasons. But in the context of the circadian rhythm, you, you don't want to have artificial light after your red light therapy in the evening because you're it's almost like you're going backwards in time yeah. then right because your body expects it to be sunset then you blast yourself with some netflix or some facebook <laughs> and your and your brain is like well wait, wait, wait a second is it is yeah. it midday again or is it sunset again so this is when i minimize my artificial light so there's a number of ways you can do this. There's, you know, there's programs you can put on your phone and your computer. Um, if you have to use your phone in the evenings, there's, there's, you know, these block, these blue blocking filters for the all yeah. sorts of devices. Um, and then there's also your ambient light, you know, so most of us are surrounded by modern technology, very, very bright, overly blue light that, you know, we surround ourselves with. So we should do our best to minimize that, you know, turn the lights down. If you don't need them, turn them down, turn them off, yeah. get the candles out. Um, if you're lucky enough to have a red light therapy device, use that as ambient light. You know, they're very, very bright. So in, in you know, decide which is your living space for the evening and uh, switch on that bright red light. And then when you're, when your area is surrounded with red light, that, that does not, disrupt your circadian rhythm so yeah. you can still function you can see what you're doing you can do some chores or whatever um and, and you can do that in the red light uh, something that you can also do to further 
um, mitigate the effects of the blue light is where blue blocking glasses like you know you mentioned James and I are wearing red light rising does incredible quality blue blocking glasses now um, so we wear these you know we, we we made them and we sell them because we were wearing yeah. them and we realized how important they were um, so that's further saving the the blue light from going into my eyes and then it's all about calming down you know, in, in the morning, you, 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 you want to be energized and awake and excited. But in the evening, so the red light and eliminating that artificial light, you naturally start to calm down. Um, yeah. if, if you've, you know, if you get the opportunity to experience some red light in your ambient environment or sitting in front of a fireplace or, or getting a load of candles around you. Yeah. Almost all of us will just go, ah. Yeah. That's nice. And you start to relax. You spend less time on your devices. You turn the TV off. You maybe put some nice music on. You just relax and a nice warm cup of tea. Um, and then that, that's, that's like, I, I imagine that's like turning the volume down, you know. So I'll, I'll, I'll exist in this red light for a, a couple of hours. And then just before bed, I'll be in my bedroom, just red light, no devices, no artificial light, no nothing. I might listen to a little bit more of my audiobook or, or something similar to just I'll get into bed and I'll just yeah. relax and enjoy my time on the bed um, and um, just slowly drift off into sleep. Something I really like doing is actually having a cold shower before bed. Okay. You know, it does. It, I know it does yeah. sound horrendous. Uh, <laughs> the northern hemisphere but cooling the body down like getting the core temperature to, to lower just before bed it just helps you slip into a deeper sleep a lot quicker yeah so that's something i do as well uh, and another easy one well uh, i think it's easier take some planning but it's also to have dinner as early as possible yes so that you go to bed on a very very empty stomach because that'll also just help you slip deeper into sleep and um and then, of course, at, when you're ready to sleep, you need a pitch black room. I mm -hmm. switch off all electricity in the room, all the outlets, unplug everything. There's no buzzing or, you know, weird droning noises. Everything is mm -hmm. switched off. I try and black out the room as much as possible. But because I travel a lot, you know, sometimes I find myself in an Airbnb and you, re you get there and you realize they've got bloody lace as curtains and you know all the street lights coming in so i now i now sleep with you know big eye covers you know yeah. what a sleep mask I, I sleep with a big sleep mask on i tape my mouth shut as well which is yeah. you know, something we might have to get into another time yeah um and at least at least then all the light is blocked in my eyes and i'm in pitch darkness and i sleep like a baby yeah yeah i think that's that's great i think yeah, that, that's a, a perfect routine. A couple of things that I want to add as well before we ask James what his is, is that, so I've got two things that I do, which is no caffeine after 2 p.m. Because obviously caffeine is a stimulant and it takes a roughly about eight hours to actually get processed through your system. And the other thing that you mentioned there, um, Brian, about uh, not eating um, before you go to bed. So I've done a, a little test on this actually with heart rate and you know really you not you don't really want to be eating anything be, uh, three hours before you actually go to bed because what happens is the digestive system in your body actually take it takes that time it takes three hours for, for it to digest all the food and for the then the body to calm down and then your heart rate to drop if you're eating within that window what happens is your digestive system is going and your heart rate is elevated by at least 10 beats per minute. Now, people listening to this might be thinking, well, that's nothing. But actually, it does affect how you fall asleep and then it affects the quality of your sleep. And, you know, like you said, that's a whole other, you know, taping your mouth shut and all that kind of stuff is a whole other kind of um, thing that we could talk about in terms of sleep hygiene. But so, James, what's, what's your routine? Um, so fundamentally, it's it's not too dissimilar, but I think again, yeah. similar to Brian, my sleep routine starts twelve hours before my bedtime. Mm. So I make sure I get that you know, red light in the morning, bright blue light exposure. Get outside, get nature, and that bright um, lux in my eyes. So yeah. your melatonin cycle actually takes twelve hours to go through a complete cycle. So when right. you get blue light in the morning, that shuts off your mel melatonin and increases serotonin. And it actually takes your body 12 hours to go through its processes wow. to then get ready for that melatonin release at night. Um, so the earlier you can get that blue light exposure in the morning, 
the better primed you are going to be for sleep at night. So that's yeah. something to you know, very with the brain. I'm getting as much daylight in the morning and then throughout the day as well to make sure my body knows what time of day it is. Similar to you, I cut caffeine off as soon as I can. Um, recently, my sleep's been a bit disrupted because because of my daughter. Yeah. Um, so I do actually allow myself until 4 p.m. recently to um, have an extra shot of coffee maybe if I am <laughs> struggling a little bit. Um <laughs> And then also as we go into the evening, similar to Brian, I, I shut off all lights. I've actually got like a, a red light bulb um, in my bedside lamp. Um, yeah. I generally uh, also have a, have a cool shower before bed um, and I'm wearing my blue blockers. So, yeah, I'm wearing them now. It's, it's, it's obviously five o'clock because the sun sets. I'm wearing our kind of day designed blue blockers. I've got a red lens set of blue blockers, which blocks 100% of blue and green light. Right. So I'll wear them from about 9 p.m. onwards, uh, targeting bedtime for 10, 10.30. Yeah. Um, and again, I'm, I'm making sure that my room, my bedroom's a cool temperature. So, so your body needs to have a thermal dump in order to get into that deep sleep. And yes. so again, I find that I do sleep quite hot. And so I, I really sleep with a cover, kind of covering my whole body. I'll just have like one leg in or mm. just half my body in. And yeah. so allow my body to have that cool exposure. Um, I also have a device called a chili pad, which um, cools the oh, mattress. Okay. So on yeah. particularly warm evenings, especially in the summer, I find that really effective for dropping mm. your body temperature. Um, and for me, there's a massive correlation between blocking blue light and cold, um, having a cool environment and my deep sleep, which is the critical sleep for recovery and regeneration. And so I do ensure that, that my environment is as cool as possible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's fantastic. I think the temperature is really, really important in the room as well. Um, and I've actually just taken this year, I know, you know, James, um, James and I are in the UK. Uh, Unfortunately, we're not in South Africa, but you know, having, in the winter we tend to crank up the heating because we want to be warm but actually that's not the ideal environment when you go Mm. to sleep at night you want to have it slightly on the cooler side and throughout the night as well i would argue to kick so you can get that good quality sleep Mm. so guys we've gone over quite a lot there um and we've come up with quite a few things that you know people could consider doing for a morning routine but before we wrap it up, what five key points would you recommend that the guys listening to this today could take away to start implementing into their morning routines? Five is a, it's, it's quite a big list. I think, I think, <laughs> I, think I think the key thing is, is to be prepared. If you're, yeah. if you think about what you want to achieve, what's your end goal, get motivated to do it, get, get things ready for the morning. Make sure you, you know, if you want some salt, it's on the side, there's a glass waiting for you, make sure things are prepared and you're much more likely to execute your plan then. Um, and that's probably number one is just be prepared. You know, Second point is you don't have to do everything all at once. As Brian said, start with one thing. If it's getting outside barefoot and just getting some daylight, that's going to help you fundamentally not only have a better day, but a better night's sleep as well that evening. So start small. Start Just get outside for five, ten minutes every morning. Get that natural daylight. Get exposure to nature. And that in itself is going to really set you up for like a, a really strong mental day as well. Yeah. Um, third thing i say is 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 respect light um, and the power of it you know that's going to be you know arm in arm with getting outside as well but if you respect light and the power it has in your body to control your biology to control your hormones then again you know you're going to understand how to use it for your advantage whether that's to pep you up using blue light to get ready for the day have a really you know full of energy for the day or to wind down with red light in the evening and to protect your your eyes and your your mind from being signaled in the evening by having blue light exposure so respecting light is is my number three um I think those three are probably quite powerful. And again, I might hand over to Brian, see if he wants to add any additions to that. Yeah. Um, or if he wants to build on them. Yeah. I mean, that was, that's something that I would have said as well. Exactly the same thing. Um, you know, like, like James said there with the planning, you know, it's, it's very trendy now to call it journaling. Journaling mm-hmm. is amazing. And we actually, we didn't mention it in this, in this episode yet, but it's journaling, true. you know, writing down in the morning, well, pre- I think writing down in the evening what you'd like to, to get yeah. done the next day so that you, you, know, you can see it in the, the last thing before bed, you know, do job A, do job B, call Steve, you know, message Sam, whatever it is. Uh, and, and then that you, you kind of go to sleep with an empty mind and then you wake up in the morning and you have those, those goals, those big challenges already ready to go instead of thinking for 15 minutes, oh, geez, what should I do? Oh, yeah. forget what I had to do. Then you have to switch on your phone to check your emails. So, you know, the journey and the planning is very important. 
and um, you know, the, and cold, getting cold, you know, the cold showers, I think is, is works, works beautifully for the morning and the evening because mm. cold is, is one of those things where it's ironically, if you take a cold shower in the morning, it energizes you. And if you take yeah. a cold shower at, need, at night, it puts you to sleep. You know, and that I think it goes, my, my theory is that it goes hand in hand with the lights, you know, like as yeah. James said, because if you take a cold shower in the morning, but then you're exposed to bright light, your body knows it's daytime. Mm. So it uses that cold shower to energize you. But then if you take a cold shower at night and then it's only red light or darkness, your body knows, okay, well, it's bedtime. So then it, then it helps lull you into that deep sleep. And then, you know, the movement, you know, I guess is, would be, that would be the next priority yeah. there is to, you have to, because, you know, think about it, you're, you're lying down for eight, hopefully eight hours a night and mm. all fluid in your body settles, all the blood flow, it kind of it doesn't stagnate, but a lot of it tends to settle. That's why you're a bit puffy in the morning and joints are achy and things feel inflamed. It's because everything's settled overnight. So as soon as you can move around, I mean, you can dance if you want to dance, you can shake yeah. it off. You can do Shadow boxing. You know, a lot of people are into you know rebounders, the the small trampolines, just jumping yeah. up and down. You know, skipping is a great one, or, or a little workout. The animal flows, the spinal waves. That movement's very important because it's also not only does it get all the the fluids pumping and the, it get the lymph pumping and the detox happening. It it also stimulates those those wake up hormones. You know, and and it and it gets the brain and the muscles pumped and working. Yeah, definitely. I, I completely agree with that. I think the moving element is something that we've lost because, you know, we might go from a horizontal state to, you know, a seated state to getting out of the house, going into another seated state. If we get in the car or we get on the train, then we might do a very short walk up to an office when we were in offices or to the home office and sit down again in that state where it's not ideal for, you know, joint health and stuff like that. So, I, you know, for me, I'd say this is my biggest thing about 2020 is, is, is about joint health and movement. I just think it's so, so overlooked and so important. And, you know, you only have to look at like a, and James, you can probably relate to this with your little one, how they can so freely move when they're like 18 mm. months, two years old, you try and get a, a 30 or 40 year adult to do what they do. There's just no way, you know, and, and that's so important for, and you know, it's been proven again in science for longevity, the way that we're able to move um, will help us in later life. So guys, it's been a really fascinating uh, talk again. Um, I love having you on the podcast. Um, but before we go, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you feel I should have asked you, which would benefit the listeners? I think from my perspective, it's been really enjoyable to be on. Thanks, Darren. I think it's been really comprehensive as well. Um, Brian, is there anything you think you want to add? Yeah, something I actually never mentioned there, which I've been into for a long time, but it's, it takes a little bit of discipline to remember, is that I use something called binaural beats. Okay. Which is, you know, it's, for those people that haven't heard, it's, it's playing certain frequencies, you know, just from your, from your phone. You know, you, buy, you download an app, you get a binaural beats app, and uh, it, you have to use earphones because it plays, it plays certain frequencies. It plays a different one through the right ear, and it plays a different one through the left ear. And the, the science is that your brain can only hear one frequency at a time. So when it gets two frequencies, it, 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 you know, it, it hears the difference between the two. Yeah. So they've apparently been able to isolate, you know, what frequency you need to be hearing to, you know, stimulate creativity or calmness or concentration or deep meditation or, or relaxing for sleep. Um, so I really, re it really works wonderful for me. It helps me, you know, if I need to concentrate, I put the binaural beats on, boom, 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 and I hit the emails. But then equally, if I need to relax at night, I put the, the binaural beats for sleep on and then yeah. I lie in bed. It's like a weird, like humming noise, but mm. it, for me, I can instantly feel it. It's, it's like my brain just like, you know, like cracking an egg in a frying pan. It just goes, <laughs> ah. it just relaxes. So yeah. binaural beats is something I highly recommend to everybody. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really, really good. Yeah, thanks. I have heard of that. I've never tried it. So mm. I'll, I'll give it a try. But um, so guys, um, before I let you go, how can people connect with you? You know, Red Light Rising, have you got any new stuff coming out? You know, what, what, can, you, what can you tell us on how people can connect? So the best place to start is probably our Instagram channel, which is at Red Light Rising. Um, again, we put out a lot of um, educational and hopefully inspiring information as well. 
Um, and on there, you'll also find myself and Brian's personal accounts. And we talk a bit more on our own personal channels about, you know, our routines and what we're doing day to day as well. Yeah. Um, and also our website, www.redoutrising.co.uk is where you'll find all our products. So uh, as you're aware, you know, Red Out Therapy is our staple. That's what we've, um, you know, we're experts in, but light hygiene and, and your life for performance is also a passion of ours. So we've just launched our new blue blocking glasses, which are third party tested by the light industry association. So awesome. they, you know, in our opinion, they are the best glasses on the market for performance and hopefully for fashion as well. Yeah. Not too, too offensive with the red lenses. Um, we, we've also actually, because Brian and I are so passionate about it, we've started stocking Redmond real salt as well. So we're one of the main UK awesome. distributors for that salt. Um, and we, we, we've also got, always got a few ideas um, and a few new products in development that we think can really enhance people's performance and recovery. Um, we're looking into home lighting at the moment. So okay. one light I've got in my background now, now is, a, is a bulb that I use for ambient lighting. But again, you can control the, the lux of the light and also the color of the light. So again, you can change the light color depending on your circadian rhythm and the time of day. Um, so, you know, look out for these new things coming. We're always trying to, you know, bring the highest quality and most effective products to market yeah awesome no that sounds fantastic so yeah guys go and check out red light rising um on instagram check out their website and then the the redmond salt as well guys thanks very much for for coming on the show again today and um i'm sure we'll have you back on again and maybe we'll we'll use the topic of sleep or something else next time <laughs> that'd be fantastic thanks for having Darren. Us, thank you so much darren Thanks for listening to the Fitter Healthier Dad podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit subscribe and I would really appreciate if you could leave a review on iTunes. All the links mentioned in the episode will be in the show notes and a full transcription is over at fitterhealthierdad.com.